Welcome to the Your Destiny Podcast. Seriously, I am actually going to talk about causes of sickness today, but... <laughs> why, do you all feel, why do you all feel guilty? Come on, you, you have the righteousness. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah. But that's the real problem with discussing causes of sickness, because those of us that aren't sick can very easily start, you know, well, you're sick, so it must be. And, and there's a part of me that would love to stand on the stance of, I cannot be sick, you know. And, and if I am sick, then it's just, it, it's just one of those things. It's, it's absolutely nothing to do with me. I have no responsibility in sickness because I'm right, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's done it all on the cross. And, and I do think there is a stance we can take there. Um, and... I think if you can really honestly live in that place, then you, that is an absolute valid, completely valid lifestyle. And this part of me wants to say, so let's just go for that and end the talk, okay? Honestly, because um, I think that actually is the ultimate truth. Um, but, and it's horrible to start with a but, we all know when we get saved, we don't automatically live in complete and utter divine Health, never get sick again. So we know Jesus has done it at the cross. We know it's paid for. We know it's legally done. It's ours. There's no reason that we cannot have healing. And yet, we also know in our experience that some of us are sick. There's plenty of evidence in the New Testament that plenty of them were sick. And and so we, we have this kind of tension of... I can get a theological stance that says I have no reason ever to be sick again. But it's kind of the same same argument that says I never need to sin again. And actually, I never need to sin again. But chances are probably I'm going to sin. Um, so so we, we, we have this kind of, we always get down to the, so, so why am I sick? And... I think it's a really dangerous question, to be honest. And I think there's been a load of ministries that have developed on that question of why am I sick? And it, it's, um, I think those ministries have, well, I just think Jesus healed the sick. He didn't heal the deserving sick. He didn't heal the sick that were forgiven of their sins, except, of course, he could have forgiven them of their Sins. He didn't heal the sick who uh, hadn't brought it upon themselves. He didn't heal the sick who hadn't had a, you know, who hadn't had a family thing going down. He just healed the sick. And so my stance would still be, we can heal the sick, full stop. The only issue at stake is what we talked about the other day, which is uh, unbelief. So then we get to the question of, let's say, for example, you're in a situation where you're healed, okay? Uh, and I don't think there's any problem with healing in that um, we can all get healed, full stop. It's a matter of pulling down what has been done already and seeing the spiritual reality manifest in the physical, full stop. And anybody who can do that can get healed, whether that's me praying for you, whether it's you praying for yourself, whether it's the elders praying for you, whether it's everybody, then um, that can happen. But we still have to answer the question of, well, why do I get sick again? Why do I 
you know, why do I, uh, why do I keep needing healing? Because honestly, it's better to not keep needing healing. It's better just to never need healing. Um, and a big answer to that question, I believe, is I don't know. There isn't an answer to it. And I think we honestly have to say that there isn't an answer to it. So why do people keep getting sick or get sick? And I think a very big fraction of that is, I don't know. But I do think there is a proportion of it that there is an answer to that. And it's that proportion that I want to talk about now. Because, because we're just deceiving ourselves if we just keep on and on in a certain way of living and then can't work out why we're sick. So, so I'm kind of doing this with a bit of trepidation. So do you understand what I'm saying? I don't want to get into this whole situation whereby we're saying, oh, well, he's sick, and it must be one of these seven or eight reasons that we've talked about. Um, and yet, at the same time, you know, if you are sick because of one of these reasons, then no matter how many times you prayed for, and none of us want to keep getting healed, do we? None of us want to get sick and get healed. We want to never get sick, to be honest. So, so, so um, that's what I'm talking about. This proportion of sickness that has something to do with us, okay? Clear? Right, okay. So, I've made a list. Um, and we can see whether we agree with any of these ones. Does anybody have any idea of what to put on that list of, uh, in the broadest range, the broadest way of saying self-inflicted sickness, okay, the broadest. So I'm not talking about viruses, I'm not talking about any of those things, I'm talking about what is it that we ourselves can do that can bring sickness on us. Very good. I don't like to put this one on, but it is on the list, yeah. It's actually true. Now, you can say, well, I'm eating in faith. And I actually believe for all of these things, there is a point of faith where you can say, well, I, I can eat what I like because I just have to bless it and that's fine. And if your faith works for you in that, then go ahead and eat McDonald's every day. But generally, God didn't make our bodies to live off McDonald's every day. So I'm a bit reluctant to put this one on, but I think it's true because... The, as with all of these things, you get to an extreme and then you get people who are, you know, you can only eat this, you can only eat that, you can't eat this, you can't eat that. Um, <sighs> there's loads of stuff in the Bible about diet. There's loads of stuff about uh, we just honor one another at our point of faith. But there is definitely nothing in our new covenant that God says you can and you cannot, as far as I can see. So, so whatever you believe about diet... God doesn't say anything about it. So it's whatever you want to believe. So um, God, the, uh, in our new covenant, there's nothing to do with diet in the new covenant. Apart from you bless, you are grateful for what you eat. You bless it and it's clean for you. And I think sometimes this whole diet thing is a bit, big luxury of our Western world, you know. Oh, well, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. What happens if you live on a d tropical island and the only thing you can eat is shellfish. I mean, right? Does God want you to starve to death because you can't eat shellfish? Because, uh, And I think if you look at the Old Covenant, were there some reasons why God said, don't eat pork, don't eat shellfish, don't eat animals without whatever feet it was? I don't know. 
there are some people that say, well, the, the, the law was good and therefore we should follow the law because God had a wisdom and by telling people not to eat pork, he was actually telling them that pork was, was going to make them sick. And that may well be, but our pork doesn't make us sick. Uh, we don't have tapeworms in our pork anymore. And if that is true, okay, if you're going to follow that line of God's wisdom was that there is something that he knew about the restrictions of the old covenant that was just his kindness to us, then women should probably stay inside when they're having the period because maybe God knows something about them being unclean as well. And you, you've got to go a long, long way with that thought. You can't just take, you just can't just take pigs in that equation and then ignore everything else. Um, you've got to, as far as I'm concerned, go the whole hog. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, uh, and do it all. You can't just pick out one or the other. Now, I have no problem with anybody who decides they don't want to eat something. I actually almost believe that God could tell somebody not to eat something. I've heard one testimony of God saying, don't eat tomatoes. And they didn't eat tomatoes and they got well. <laughs> That's it. I mean, God can. Okay, but what it isn't about is this whole kind of deal about, therefore, God says, and you write a whole textbook about those foods that are restricted to Christians, of which there are millions out there um okay the other aspect of diet is i mean it's quite a big thing it is um it's about the issue of who has dominion over what and we have dominion over plants and animals which means that plants and animals shouldn't control us okay and that's got quite a big deal with diet because a lot of us are controlled by plants and animals such as, such as, such as which plants and animals are we controlled by? Don't play hangman. That's a plant that we're controlled by. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. And actually, we've got dominion over them. We are, yeah, we are in control. We have, God gave us dominion over plants and animals. Yep, sugar. So we're actually really addicted to a lot of things. And that's a part of diet. It's part of what we're putting into our, into our mouth. And also this whole thing of how much we eat. And, um, you know, fortunately, (laughs) we don't have to, you know, kind of make a point of somebody. And, And some people are overweight because of a reason that has nothing to do with overeating. But, um... There's a whole big deal about this that does affect your sickness. I mean, there's an absolute epidemic of type 2 diabetes. And that's not because people sinned. It's just because our diet is just so awful. And people have access to eating kind of unnatural food. I mean, we weren't really designed to eat purified, refined sugar all the time and all that. So I don't want to make a big religion out of it. People have done it. And it just becomes another way forward. But... But I think sometimes we have to ask the question, is there something about my diet? Now, if you have faith that you can eat any amount of junk all day, every day, and that is your point of faith, then honestly, I don't think it's going to make you sick if you can stand in that faith. But I think there is a point at which probably most of us can't really live at that absolute place. Now, if you're in prison and being fed bread and water for 20 years in solitary confinement, I absolutely believe that that can be more than sufficient diet for you by faith because god can god can sustain you but in general we have a responsibility about what we put in our mouth how much we put in our mouth and how much of it is addicting us um but 
don't go too extreme on that. Well, yeah, it's all the same thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's, it's a grape, isn't it? <laughs> or, a, or a hop or a whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean, you drink too much, you're going to get liver disease, whether you believe in God or not, whether you're the righteousness of Christ, uh, of God in Christ Jesus, whatever you are. And the other thing is, like, if you get lung cancer because you smoked as a, as a Christian, uh, especially, you know, if, if Jesus was here, and in the crowd of people, there was a guy there who'd smoked and got lung cancer. I have no doubt that Jesus would heal them. He wouldn't exclude healing. He wouldn't say, give him a lecture on how it was all his fault or anything. But if you as a, as a believer uh, have smoked as a believer, how much unbelief do you think that is going to contribute to the pot of you getting healed? Because you can stand on the issue of, I'm not guilty because I'm righteous and whatever. But honestly, if you can smoke all your life as a Christian and then believe God for healing of your lung cancer, I think you've got an amazing faith. And probably you should have put that faith into stopping smoking, to be honest. You know, it's, so it's not that God punishes you, but it's just, it's just life. You know, if that's what you're doing every day and you know it causes cancer, which it does, then, okay. That's one. It's going to be a right. I think that is also, again, with everything that I've already said, because there's sometimes we can't help it, and there's sometimes for the gospel, you you know, that's what people do. I mean, they some of these guys in not not so much in our luxurious west, but you know, some of these guys who are pastors out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, they have really tough lives. And I don't think that they're necessarily going to get sick in that. I think there is a sustaining. But I think when you have a choice, then honestly, these things do affect you. So things like sleep, stress, yes, uh, rest. Yeah, exercise. I think exercise is a funny one because honestly, if we were living like we were probably supposed to live, or without all our, all our, um, you know, stuff that we have, mostly just normal life is enough exercise. I don't think God created us that we had to go to the gym. But the fact of the matter is, we're not chopping our wood and, you know, yeah, doing all the stuff that we do. So, so yeah, I think uh, yeah. And um, th- there's there's this little verse that is uh, quite interesting. Um, on this issue, where is it? Um, well, I think there's two issues here. One is the 1 Corinthians 11 that we've talked about before. Um, and it's a, it, it, this is a bit of a mix with another point, but it, it's the whole issue of kind of despising the body, of just kind of like not, not recognizing, you know, our individual body as a temple of the Holy Spirit and, and together. And then there's this, this, remember this little verse that talks about in Philippians 2 and it talks about this this guy who Paul says um, uh, God had mercy on him and and he didn't die uh, for Paul's sake because otherwise he would have had sorrow upon sorrow and he said that the cause of his sickness was because of basically because of what he was doing for the church Um, Philippians 2 25. 
So it says, yet I considered it necessary to send you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker and fellow soldier, but your messenger and the one who ministered to my need, since he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed he was sick, almost unto death, but God had mercy on him and not only on him, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore I sent him the more eagerly, that when you see him again, you may rejoice and I may be less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such men in esteem. And then it says in verse 30, because for the work of Christ, he claimed, came close to death, not regarding his life uh, to supply what was lacking in your service towards me. So I think that's exactly it. He, uh, who knows what he was doing, but probably he just wasn't really looking after himself. And um, when it says, you know, because of God's mercy, he healed him, that, that's not an excuse for saying, well, we only get healed if we get God's mercy. He's just saying in this situation, God was really merciful to us and he took his life really close to the brink because of his lifestyle choices, which he made that choice for the gospel. Um, but um, God didn't let it, you know, God didn't let it go that far. So, um, so yes. But again, it's not, a, it's just walking this line. It, 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 I mean, I worked every other night for years and years and years. And, you know, hope it doesn't stock up stuff for me for the future. But there are times when you can do it. We do have quite a resilient body. But, but you know, if you're going to stay up all night till 4 o'clock, get two hours sleep and start work at 6 for, you know, months on end, you're probably going to get sick because of that. Because that's not how our bodies are meant to meant to function. So... Right, okay. Um, what to do with things that aren't on your list? <laughs> right, yes. Uh, let's put poverty. Let's put poverty. That's a good thing because um, we're not supposed to be living in poverty, any of us. Uh, and even if you're born in Africa, that's not God's plan for you to live in poverty. So there's provision in the... In, in our salvation for blessing, isn't there, and for provision. And if you, if you read the transformations videos, you know, some of them, they prayed for the vegetables, didn't they? They're really struggling with no crops. They prayed for the vegetables, and the vegetables grew twice as long and stuff. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and poverty is ne never God's plan for us. Okay. Uh, you said it already, and I put it as a separate point, and it probably is, and it's this one, stress. It's absolutely matter of fact that stress causes sickness because it's physiological. Your, your adrenal glands produce the hormone cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. It actually makes you feel anxious. It makes you, um, it makes you, uh, it makes you sick. So if you're living in constant stress, um, that is going to make you sick. And actually, it's a sin. Living in stress is a sin uh, because. God says, don't be anxious, don't worry, think about these things, think about whatever is. Uh, and it, and it, it's really, it's unbelief. Stress is coming out of unbelief somewhere, which is, so, yeah. Um, okay. Well, we've just done that one uh, in poverty. We, we called it poverty, but. Uh, um, 
Okay, I'm not. I'm not going to add genetics because you can't do anything about genetics. That is that is a cause of sickness, but these are the kind of yeah. environmental things yeah I'm trying to talk about I agree with you uh, I, I'm going to put it in brackets okay Be environment isn't it really I mean it's you can't yeah but what I'm talking about these are I'm, I'm trying to talk about the self-inflicted ones now I know you can choose to live by a factory but that, that's kind of not what we're talking about at the moment and again you know God calls you to, you know, a city in the middle of China that has smog all the time. That doesn't mean to say you're necessarily going to get some horrible disease from that. You can live above that, I believe. But, yes, from point of view of cause of sickness, that is it. But that is not really an, a kind of internal cause of sickness, which is what I'm trying to <coughs> talk about. Yeah. 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 And especially, and I might talk about this next time, the words you stop. It, it's really, really, really important what you speak. So it's like, yeah, if you're just saying, oh, my family always gets this. It's, it's flu season, I'm going to get flu. It's this, it's going to happen to me. I'm always going to get this. Or my family die at the age of 40 because of a heart attack. Or whatever it is, you keep saying it, you, it's going to happen. Yeah. Okay, we've talked about some of them before. They're not, like, complicated ones. Um, so this isn't... This whole thing isn't, it isn't God withholds healing. It's just you're, you're preventing your own self from, from uh, getting in, into healing. Okay, another one. The one we don't like to talk about. That three-letter word. <laughs> Come on. Can sin cause sickness? Correct. That's the. That's a real, you know, it's a real kind of great example. If you want a great example, I mean, it's just common sense. Um, and and um, can you get healed from a sexually transmitted disease? Of course you can. Absolutely, of course you can. But I think I'm talking really about us as believers. I think for us as believers, I think if you're an unbeliever, it's really easy to get healed from that kind of a, a disease because it's like I'm forgiven and whatever. But as believers, knowing who we are and still living this lifestyle, you know, God can absolutely heal us. But I think we'll struggle to, we'll really struggle to, to get, get healing. And, and, and absolutely, if you can get to the, you know, get to the point of back to living in the absolute reality of our forgiveness and our acceptance, of course you can get healed and of course you can stay healed. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's just this tension of, yes, we're righteous, but if you break the law of the land, you're going to end up in prison. Yes, we're righteous, but if you break the physical, natural laws of this world we live in, you're probably going to get sick. Um, because God doesn't offer any protection against, you know, if you jump off a 10-story building, you're probably going to hurt yourself, even though he's the, you're the righteousness of Christ, and he's forgiven all your sin, and he's, 
you know, healed you. So it's just common sense, really. But it's this tension because I don't want any of these to then become this whole list that we go through before we pray for anybody and, you know, whatever. It's got nothing to do with healing this. It's just got to do with sickness. Okay. Yeah, I don't want to include generation because you can't really help it. This is talking about what you personally can do to contribute to your own sickness. Otherwise, we can have a whole list, can't we, of virus, bacteria, whatever. And it, um, it, that's in that list of things. So this is what, it, what, what can I do? Because if we are sick and can't get healed, then I think we have to go to God and, and ask God, is it any of these? If God says no, then forget about it. It's not any of those. I don't think we should, you know, spend the rest of our life trying to dig up which one of these it is. Um, so... I'm not sure till you say it. I really think that uh, we can do something about um, our family history. No, but that's not what I'm talking about, though. We can do something about viruses. We can command them to stop. No, but what I'm saying is I'm not... What I'm talking about is I didn't wake up today and decide to have a bad family history. But I did wake up today and decide what to eat for breakfast. So I'm not talking about what other causes of sickness we can do something about. I'm co- talking about what other causes of sickness that we actually cause in ourselves. So I'm, I'm not denying you, of course, by standing on the truth that he became a curse for us. It's not ours to live in at all. But that's not kind of a self-inflicted cause of sickness. Unless you want to say it's because you didn't pray, but then... I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's not on this list because that's, that's not a part of this list. Okay. Having said that, I've got one on the list, so I'm going to contradict myself. Come on. We've talked about them a lot. They're not... not uh, right, one, one Corinthians eleven eighteen. This is why many of you are sick, are sick, and some. Why? Just said it. <laughs> uh, not, not discern the body. So it's basically this is back to our belief system. It's not discerning the body. What did you say? You didn't discern it. I was saying, do it every Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's just one of the biblical reasons why some are sick. Because remember Paul says, you know, this is why some of you are sick and some have already slept. Because we didn't discern the Lord's body. The German contingent are looking completely confused here. Right. Um, it's when, you know, we look at the, we talked about the Passover and it's the body and the blood of the lamb. And a lot of Christians would have no problem believing that it's the blood of the lamb that, that because of that we have forgiveness of sin. But most Christians wouldn't stand on the fact that at the same time, the broken body of Jesus was for the healing of our body. And if you don't realize that, if you don't take communion in that faith of discerning it, then um, 
you're not going to live in the benefit of it. And it's a bit complicated because this was also talking about the next thing I want to talk about. I was talking about conflict. So there was this issue as well in the church of conflict. Conflict is a real killer when it comes to, uh, to sickness. So relationships... Bad relationships cause sickness, uh, partly because they cause stress and they cause... Uh, so, um, James is a great book for reading if you want to talk about interpersonal conflict. Um, so, James three fourteen it says, But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast against the truth. For this wisdom does not descend from above, but it is earthly, sensual, and demonic. For where, there, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So if you're living in envy and self-seeking, which leads to confusion, that is an environment for every evil thing, and that is sickness is part of every evil thing. So it's really important, relationships that are you know based on envy, self-seeking, uh, bitterness, it, it just, I hate to say it opens the door, but it, it kind of just, op- you open yourself up for sickness. It's one of those things. Um, so, love one another. But we know that anyway, but we sometimes don't realize. And I, I've seen it quite a number of times. You know, people who come have just got chronic conditions and they just hate their sister or they hate their mother or they hate somebody. And they stop hating them and they get better. So that's not doesn't mean everybody, because what is it people say, you know, whether it's arthritis or something, it says because of unforgiveness. There's this guy called Wright. Do you know what he's called? Somebody Wright. He's a doctor and he's written this book called uh, A More Excellent Way. And basically he goes through every sickness and it, it is interesting, the book, but I don't think it's the Bible. And I don't think it can be used for every situation. But, you know, it says, well, if you've got right-sided breast cancer, that's because you've got a problem with your mom. And if you've got left-sided breast cancer, that's because you've got a problem with whatever. And I think it is based on some degree of truth. But I think you can't say, therefore, if you have arthritis, that's because you are living in unforgiveness. I think you can't use the two. You can say, is there something here? And definitely, yes, things like interpersonal conflict definitely, definitely cause sickness. But that doesn't mean to say if you get that sickness or a sickness, that is the cause of it. And I think that's where we've gone really wrong because we just end up treating sick people like there's something wrong with them and they've just got this hidden sin. And, you know, our job is not to heal them but to dig up the hidden sin. And it's just, it's, it's really awful and really hopeless. Um, but at the same time, we can't deny the fact that these things are important. And it's not important because, you know, because we're trying to persuade God to do something for us by being nice to people. It's important because this is how we're designed and we're designed to live uh, in health. Go on. Three, it's James 3.14, 4, 1 and 4. Mm. 
Yes, hold on to that thought. Um, James 5, 9, which is, do not grumble against one another, brethren, unless you be condemned. So it's, you know, there's all this stuff. It's, it's, uh, it's not because God is there with a great, you know, whip to kind of say, ooh, you grumbled. It's just, it's not good for us. It's really bad for our health. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's on my list because the woman had the spirit of infirmity. Uh, uh, Luke 13. Sometimes it is. It is that. And um, I always think, great if it is. Because if it is, it has to go. Yeah, that's the easy one. <laughs> you don't have to... <laughs> yeah, you don't have to deal with your issues. You just... Uh, so, so, yeah. And sometimes it's just this. I mean, it's not actually because you did anything. I, I, it, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, um, fear. I mean, all these stress, anxiety, fear. Um, fear's a real, real killer. And the one that kills people most is what? Fear of what? Uh, that's quite a big one, yes. What does there's a there's a verse in Hebrews two. It says, For all their life was subject to bondage because of fear of death. It's really interesting. I think healing's much, much easier to receive once you don't care about dying. Because as long as you're scared of dying, then uh fear comes in. Uh and so it sounds a bit funny, but I have to say for me, once I settled the issue of dying, I don't struggle so much with healing because I don't actually care. I mean, we are in an absolute win-win situation. It's great. There's no loss. We, we either stay here and carry on, which is wonderful, or we go to heaven, spend, you know, eternity in whatever our eternity life, eternal life is. I mean... Great. I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. We, and once you can live in that place, a lot of things can't get you. And a lot of times when people come and they're anxious about sickness, there's two reasons. One is, of course, you're scared of symptoms, and I understand that. And um, nobody wants to be in pain or debilitating problems. But most people, the issue is death. They don't want to die. And um, I'm not saying we should live our life with this kind of recklessness of, Life isn't got any value, and whether I die or not doesn't matter. I mean, God has given us this life, and I think we've got 120 years, and uh, that's what what it was reduced to after the flood, and uh, it was a curse on Israel to live 70 years. So we've got 120 years. I know not many of us make it, but uh, let's take it and and let's live it and enjoy it. But honestly, this this kind of infinitesimally small pinprick of our existence in the light of eternity i mean i don't think when we're in heaven for how many you know eons we're gonna think oh how sad i only lived you know 55 years when i and to be honest one of the things that you realize is there's never a good time to die and we always think oh well you know i'm just married uh, well, my kids are just, I've just got my kids. But honestly, when you're 80 and you're about to get your grandkids, you think you're going to want to die? No. 
there's there's never a time and i think probably the older you get the more you realize that because when you're younger you really think oh well, when i'm 70 i you know i'll be ready to die anyway but you're not i don't think the fear of dying gets any better with getting older you just have to deal with the issue of fear of dying and um as a you know we're in a great position to deal with the fear of dying <laughs> that's what jesus has overcome for us death has no hold over us anymore and there's a reality of living in that but if you're still afraid of that then it, it's a it's a fear and and then we can be fearful of lots of other things but fear is the same thing it creates it creates an internal environment in our bodies that leads to imbalance in our hormones and and uh you know puts up your blood pressure and hardens your arteries and puts stress on your heart and everything so it, you know there's just a physiological reality to that any more getting to the bottom now we've done quite well one two three four five six Got one there. Fear. Okay, I've got four other kind of vague points with scripture. Um, any ideas? It is the bottom of the barrel. Doesn't matter. It's probably not. Yeah, no, I, I, that's what I'm saying. There's this, I, th- I think if we, if we get a big pie chart of, if you get a big pie chart of sickness, yeah. then there's the, who knows, we just have no idea why. There's the, uh, well, you know, it's, it is actually time that everybody gets, you know, there's a virus around and people catch it. Everybody's got smallpox or chickenpox, so we don't have to catch it. And I'm not having it, thank you very much, but... Um, there's that area. And I think then there is this. There's the, the physical aspect of living on this earth. There is a, we, we have gravity. Thank God we have gravity because if we didn't, well, it's the same. It's because we live in a world with gravity and if you do something stupid, likely is you're going to break your leg. That's got nothing to do with healing. And what is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can trip over the curb or you can do anything. So, so yes, there is, there is that, that. There's accidents, isn't there? But that's just part of life. Uh, it's life. I mean, we live in the benefit of gravity. And the disadvantage of gravity is you land on the floor. Well, you know, if you jump off the top of a building, yeah, that probably is. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, got a few references here. Chris, have you been driving like a crazy man on your back? I'm somebody who, like, when I drive, I always try to keep the limits. Yeah. When I don't do it, then I get like <laughs> you get sick. <laughs> that's uh, that's because you're not living in the reality of who you are. Right, uh, Psalm thirty-one nine says, uh, 
It says, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and body, for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones waste away. Okay, I'm not bothered about the iniquity. I'm bothered about the grief bit. Okay, grief can cause sickness. Now, grief... No, I mean, if somebody dies. So, you know, there's, Nicola, you must know this. I mean, there's a, there's a natural, normal grief process, isn't there? When someone dies. But then... Uh, oh, okay. So, it's normal to grieve for somebody... But there is abnormal grieving. So grief, grief is quite selfish, to be honest. I know that's not that nice to say, but grief is about, you know, what about me? What's going to happen to me? What about me, 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 me? And there's a normal part of that when somebody dies, but it has to very quickly go to mourning, which is a more kind of healthy missing of somebody and looking at things outside of yourself. But if you stay in grief forever, which some people do, it definitely, you will definitely get sick. And um, so that's just uh, one thing. Yeah, that's one of them. Yeah, yeah. You need to have a prosperous soul. I stole that word from Bethel. So, so. Um, 3 John 2 says, I pray that your body may prosper even as your soul. Is that it? Um, so, yeah, you need a prosperous soul. And uh, joy is really important. If you're just miserable all the time, then um, it's going to affect your health. Beloved, I pray you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. I get to say it. I get to say the Timo line. Must be 11 (laughs) o'clock. Whatever he said. Uh, A merry heart does, Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart does good, like good medicine, something like that. Is that right? Something like that. Uh, Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be uh, quoted all over the world. <laughs> so it's really important. Yeah, um, it's Proverbs seventeen twenty two. A merry heart does good like medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. So there is something about our soul. If you're just miserable all the time, it actually affects your bones, and it does. So, um, yeah, joy, living in joy. Um, and again, that's the choice that you can, that you can make. And I think if you've heard any of Brian and June's testimony, that's exactly what they're talking about. Um, yeah. Um, well, it's part of this prosperous soul and it's part of stress. And anxiety. Um, so, yeah. Um, trauma. Traumatic things really affect us. And um, No, what I'm saying is, uh, it's a bit not self-inflicted. What I'm saying is, 
if we're looking at the reason why we, yeah, it's, it's, it has something happened to me that is causing this sickness that maybe, I mean, it, it kind of will be self-inflicted in a kind of way in that it'll be down to unforgiveness or something like that. But the point of the matter is this can be a significant route in for sickness and not well-being, whether that's in the mind or in the body. And, you know, sometimes these things have just never been dealt with in terms of forgiveness, letting God uh, heal us. And, you know, sometimes we kind of go through them and just, well, that's it. It just happened and don't actually get healed from it and not actually getting healed from something that happened ultimately can cause can cause sickness or store it up for you for for later life um this is not cursing anybody i'm just it's just wisdom you know it's like ask god this question it's you know this is a math lesson it's a pie chart you know causes of sickness i mean we're probably talking about this bit here uh, i don't know about all the rest of it you know in the rest of that so it's not a, it's not the main deal but there's a wisdom here whereby because we all have to deal with the fact of why are some of us not healed? And it might just be the answer is unbelief, whether that's yours, mine, everybody's, whatever. That might just be the answer. It might be no reason whatsoever. But it might be that you fall into this little category here, in which case, well, thank God. That's why we get our sozos, isn't it? It's why we, why we do what we're supposed to do and love one another and live in unity and live in, uh, you know, out of we're not judging one another and envying one another and um so so that's the point of what i'm talking about and i think that's probably hmm. i've got one here i'll have to look up the scripture because i can't remember it self-centeredness which basically is just really we're supposed to be Christ-centered, aren't we? And our lives are supposed to be centered in him. But self-centeredness is really um, a killer. And <laughs> depression is just the outward expression of complete self-centeredness. I'm not saying there aren't reasons why you might feel miserable and uh, there aren't reasons why you might have a bodily reaction that makes you feel depressed. But ultimately... Um, the only way out of depression is to look outside of yourself. And yes, you can take medication, but medication doesn't really help you do anything. I mean, it helps you kind of manage for the time. But um, I know it's hard, and I know that uh, it's not easy to take. And, and I'm not saying that I think what happens with things like depression is is you end up becoming self-centered. Um, it kind of becomes... a symptom and then it becomes a self-fulfilling kind of thing and the only reason i can say it really with kind of confidence that if i upset people then that's okay is because my friend got healed when she realized that was the truth and um and it's i've never seen anyone so dramatically healed of depression so i'm very happy to say that it's not to inflict um I just don't think you can stay depressed for very long if you'd spend your whole day meditating on the glory of God, on the promises of God, on the truth of God, on his loveliness, on, on how you can make someone else's life better today. If you set off today thinking, how do I feel? I just feel miserable and I feel this and I don't want to get out of bed and I that and I the other and I whatever. I'm not saying 
you choose to do that. I, I absolutely understand that there are lots of reasons why people get depressed. But what I'm saying is you have a choice every day whether you're going to give in to that and live that. And the more you make the choice to do it, the harder it is to make the choice to get out of it. And then you get to a point where you really you can't do anything about it. And, um, and, and it's horrible. It's really horrible. And I think all of us have, have kind of struggled with it at times. But, but the answer is um, our lives are not supposed to be focused on ourselves, on our, who we are, how we feel, you know, what we did wrong, what we did right, how things are for me, how people treat me, how I'm succeeding, how, how, how I, all this kind of stuff. So... Um, Yeah, I put this scripture down. I mean, there's loads of times in the prophets that um, that God kind of accuses his people. And, and the accusation that he always accuses them of is, is doing things with the wrong motive. It's like, I'm not interested in your sacrifices, you know, but yet you're fasting and you're, you're doing this and you're doing, you're doing that, but you're not doing it with the right heart. And, um, you know, it, uh, this is in Isaiah 58. Uh, he's talking about the fact that, you know, they're fasting and they're doing the sacrifices. And, and God says, I'm not, I'm not happy with that. And he says, this is, a, this is a fast I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, let the oppressed go free, that you break heavy yoke, to share your bread with the hungry, to bring to your house the uh, poor who are cast out, see the naked that you cover him and hide yourself from your, and don't hide yourself from your own flesh and then it says then your light shall break forth like the morning and your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you so basically that's the opposite of self-centeredness isn't it it's like how can i look out and kind of be you know be a blessing and then he says then your healing will spring forth now i know it's not this passage is not particularly talking about physical healing but what i'm saying is there is a point where it's our heart attitude to things, isn't it? When our heart attitude becomes what is better for someone else and not what is better for me, or not, I'm going to do this on the outside to look good, but actually inside it just stinks, then then um, we are going to receive healing easier. Okay, So this is not a doctrine. Please, I'm not going to write a book on, you know, 17 ways to make sure you don't get sick or 17 ways to make sure that you've dug up every dirt on anybody you ever who have prayed for, for for sickness please please that's not what i'm saying but it's like you know it says let's not deceive ourselves you know if you go skiing and break your knee it's not because the devil did it to you right it's because you went skiing and broke your knee that's just what it what it was so okay anything else so the question is um about uh the physiological response of our body, the way that God created it, and do, how does that work in, in, in light of the word of God that says that we can overcome that? And I, I would say we can overcome it because the spirit man, the reality of who we are, is, is, is dominant in our lives. And that's why we have words of authority. And our body has to respond to what we say it has to respond to our belief system and it has to respond to but to be honest if your belief system is such that you know you are living in uni- union with the godhead and that you are have this new creation reality inside of you which is love joy peace patience goodness kindness gentleness faithfulness self-control 
you're probably not going to be drinking six bottles of whiskey a night because that's not called self-control. So it's a, it's a kind of, it's a kind of, you know, it, once we live in the reality of who we are, we, we're not going to be living in fear and we're not going to live a self-centered life. By definition, you're already centered on, on Jesus. So, so there's two, there's two ways. One is Living right, and by that I mean living in the righteousness of Jesus and in all the practical application of that and the outworking of that, which looks like and is called holiness. Um, We're probably going to get less of an issue with sickness, but I don't believe we're going to get no issue with sickness because we live in a fallen world and we live in a world where there is gravity so if we fall we're probably going to break something and we live in a world maybe in heaven there's no gravity we all float around and we can't hurt ourselves i don't know how that's going to work work um so there's practical realities of living life on this earth and at the moment while death is defeated it's not yet it's not yet um that is not yet the reality that we're living in at this present moment in time we will all die a physical death so so we're in this tension of uh, I, I don't believe we have to die of sickness. We absolutely don't have to die of sickness. Do our bodies age because God programmed that? No, it's a result of it's a result of the 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 fall, if you want to put it like that. And and you can say, well, is, everything's reconciled to Jesus, and He's done all things, and 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 He has. But at this present moment in time, death is still not yet uh, completely. It's it's defeated in in reality, but it's not yet not having any effect on this earth for us living on this earth. Um, but our absolute primary reality in, in everything is the word of God and the spirit uh, that, that we uh, live out of and the words that we say of faith and belief in that. And that can overcome anything, I would say. Um, but most of us don't actually live at that <laughs> complete, utter level um, but let's aim for that. Absolutely. I would say that is the absolute complete answer to being to healthy living. Um, but if you are in that place, then this will all have fallen into line anyway. If you're not living in any deception or any any issues. But to be honest, issues will come up. You've got plenty of opportunities in this life to get stressed every day. And whether you're living in your perfect belief system and, and perfectly at peace with God and everything... We're at this moment living in this world, and at this this world there will be trouble and there will be tribulation. It's a promise, and we can't get out of that. It's it's life. It's how it is, and it's just how we how we deal with it. So I think we've got plenty of opportunity every day to live in one of these. And uh, all I'm saying is to answer the question is why? Why am I sick? Why? This is a small part of the answer. And if it's none of these, then thank God and carry on. And Thank you for listening to the iDestiny podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.